Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 6, 5 through 13. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Loma, would you join me in giving a very warm welcome to our president, Dr. Bob Brower. Well, thanks for the invitation. You all must think I actually have influence over your grades, but I don't. I do want to recognize that I also am a Loma first. Um, I'm a first-gen student, and um, I've, I've got to be honest that when I went to college, I was so absolutely uninformed. Fortunately, I had a friend from close to my home. She was a junior. And for some reason, my advisor put me into introduction to economics as my very first course. And Jane kind of helped rescue me through that process, but she also helped to solve the mysteries of um, some of this first-gen stuff. At the school I went to, uh, we didn't use the term, you know, doctor much. We called everybody prof. I confess that this is true. After my first two weeks of school, I asked Jane, why does every teacher at this school have the same first name, prof? I, I, and it was an honest question. I, I just thought if you were going to be a teacher, that had to be your first name. She was kind and basically tried to explain what prof was a short for professor. She didn't say that I was stupid, although I knew it was in her eyes. But it was people like that that helped me negotiate the beginning of what it meant to be in college. And if you're a first gen, I, I hope you have people come around you to help kind of paint the way. It's a lot less, um, well, it's a lot more fun when people come together and help make sure that we're all a success. So first gen, if you're 10th generation, this is a place where we come together to be in community, to be in a learning community that centers around Christ and our purposes together. And that's why we're here in chapel today. Well, if, if you're kind of new to the, the fall setting, for the last 18 years, I've kind of got a little tradition that I like to um, show a little bit of uh, my grandkids. Uh, I actually have a life beyond Loma. And um, so this is um, from the top left, Carson, 
and then Molly and Miles. I'm kind of slightly in there, my wife says, so you have some idea about how tall the guys are. Um, Carson's baseball guy. Um, Molly is uh, big into softball. Uh, Miles is a very creative person with lots of uh, kinds of production things going on and, and loves parkour and some other kinds of activities. They live here locally and uh, are, are uh, right here in the Point Loma schools. The other side of the family are daughter's kids. There we go, the littles. So on the right is Audrey. And yes, she is always in charge. Um, and she's um, four and in preschool, probably uh, starting college next year. Um, <clears throat> the top picture, Anthony on the left, uh, he's an eighth grader. Caitlin is a junior. Jeremy is a senior. And um, they live up in Orange County. And those are the seven kids that I love and uh, are a part of my life. And I'm very grateful for them. So yes, I have a life beyond Loma and much of it involves them. Well, I'm glad for us to be here together. This is a really wonderful opportunity. And you've heard the scripture today. Uh, we're focusing on these Wednesday times in the Lord's Prayer. And, and the passage that I was asked to really focus on today is in the phrase, on earth uh, as in heaven. And I've been reading and thinking and praying about this in many ways. And what I realized is that I have prayed this prayer so often that sometimes it becomes so familiar that is simply a recitation of those words. And I found myself saying it and not really praying. And this time that I've spent in preparation has drawn me back to the prayer itself. It's what Jesus taught his disciples and really us about prayer. And so I hope you dig in to these times around the Lord's Prayer. But for today, I want to capture the phrase right in front of the one I was assigned, because it's about what earth and heaven's relationship is in this prayer. And the prayer says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the, the perspective of the heaven and earth relationship is about God's will and the request to be about seeing, fulfilling, and being a part of God's will. Very quickly, I've, I've experienced in my own life the approaches to prayer in, in kind of at least two broad categories. Sometimes prayer is this kind of pounding, urgency, insistence, persistence that somehow if we can just blitz God with everything about our needs and requests, something is magically going to happen. And I found in those times that it's much more about me telling, saying, almost preaching to God about what his will should be and what his timing should be than it is about seeking God's will. The other side of that is that, and I haven't quite done this myself, but I have been with people who approach prayer in this way. And it's kind of like, well, God is going to do what God is going to do. It's all pre-ordered and there's nothing for me to be involved in. And so I throw up my hands and why does it matter? 
And, and I, I honestly confess I've not been there, but I have been with people in that kind of context. Here's what I believe really about this context of prayer. Prayer is an invitation in this prayer, the heaven to earth kind of prayer that is really about not me pounding God or not me, not me walking away from God, but being in relationship with God. God comes to us as we come to him. And there is this sense of being with and dwelling with God. The, the purpose of prayer in this setting of heaven coming to earth is about beginning to understand God's will, God's purposes, God's purposes in my life, in our lives, and really in the world all around us. It is God's will that in this prayer we are inviting from heaven to earth. In many ways, really perhaps in every way, this prayer is an invitation for conversation, for communion, for listening to and with God. So that uh, the, the slide earlier today was about dwelling. If I think of this prayer, it is about dwelling in the presence of God. As we look at what it means for heaven to come to earth, let me just share two or three ideas about this prayer and this phrase that I think can be important to us. First, it is God's will, it is God's purposes that we are asking for. But what I see and what I learn is that God's will and purposes are resilient and persistent across time. Sometimes our window on the need and our prayer is so small. And yet God is at work over time, from the beginning of time. In, in their book, Lord Teach Us, that William Willimon and Stanley Hauerwas have <clears throat> authored, there's a passage in there where they're talking about the account of Joseph, the coat of many colors, Joseph, who was sold into slavery into Egypt by his older brothers. Talk about a rough go. In a pit, gone, slavery, the whole deal. Many of you, I hope, know the story. But the point that they were making, Willimon and Hauerwas, was that that action in its momentary instance looks like, well, what was God doing? What was he thinking? But when you pray God's will, as in heaven, to be in earth, it has time at work as God continues to work out his purposes, even through the difficult moments and circumstances that in our time frame we experience. If you know the story, there's a famine. The brothers come to Egypt to get food. Joseph has been so effective that now he's in charge of all of the investments and the resources and the riches of the Pharaoh, and it's to him the brothers have to come to beg. And while they don't know it, Joseph eventually works that they're given food and then they're brought back 
and restoration of the family occurs. And he provides a speech, if you will, to the brothers. And there's a phrase in what Joseph says to his brothers that I think is so very important. He says to his brothers, what you meant for evil, selling me, killing me, God meant for good. Because God was at work over time in all of the circumstances and preparing for just these moments of need. And now in God's time, salvation, restoration, life itself has been provided. I think it's important for us to remember that it is God's will persistent over time, his purposes that are at work and our time in it to understand his will and to be part of his will and purposes allows us to have a long-term God view. Secondly, prayer is communion. It is dwelling. It is being with God. It's not just talking. I must tell you that I have been victim to the constant talking to God way too often. But the Apostle Paul describes this communion of prayer in his phrase of praying without ceasing, without stopping, of, of being in a relationship where God is here and so close that we just communicate in the presence of each other. Uh, read a little story about Mother Teresa being asked by a journalist this question. So, when you pray, what do you say to God? And she paused and said, I don't say anything. I listen. So the journalist, a little frustrated, came at it from this angle and said, okay, when God speaks to you then, what does he say? And she paused and turned and said, he doesn't say anything. He listens. When I think of what it means to dwell, to be, to be in a relationship, to have God with us, it's that kind of prayer and praying. It really is a life with God approach to living and to our praying. Third, I really believe that Prayer in the on earth as it is in heaven will change us and change our vision, not just of our circumstances, but of who we are and our life itself. I, I heard a pastor when I was in college that spoke about the on earth as in heaven with a slight change. And he said, if you pray it in earth as in heaven, there's a sense that in earth is not this vast global everywhere, but I am dust and dust of the earth. And his point was praying that what is in heaven will be in earth, in 
me is the point of this prayer. And as that call of heaven and God's purposes become within me, I see life differently. And I've discovered that in my own walk, that being with God and being close to God and seeking to understand his will and his presence changes me and changes my outlook. Praying on earth or in earth as in heaven is a God's will be done kind of praying. And as I pray, I seek to know God in that way. I've also discovered often in my own struggles and challenges that that prayer of God and his purposes coming to me is a prayer which can calm my fears and apprehensions about what is going on and what is happening in my life. Because God comes to us in relationship. He invites us in to make our needs known, to make our requests known. God is active. God has the power to act instantly. But he also acts over time and across time, even when we don't understand his timing. In conclusion this morning, let me just remind us of a couple of things in our approach as we look at the Lord's Prayer. The next time that we pray together or that you pray this prayer, let me encourage and invite you to pray with confidence. Pray with confidence in expressing your needs and your concerns, your apprehensions and fears, the who of what you are to God, because he listens and he is there. Let me invite you to pray with a genuine desire to know God's purposes fulfilled through and in your life. If heaven is to come to earth and dwell in us, it is out of the relationship that we have with the God of the ages, who through Christ has invited us into a personal salvation relationship with him. And finally, to realize that the purpose of prayer is not praying. The purpose of prayer is God. And it is us in communion with God, knowing God, being in that relationship, which changes us, changes our vision of the world, of those things around about us, and gives us eyes to see our neighbor in need wherever we are. When we pray, O oh Father, you in heaven, and we say that hallowed is your name, and we invite the kingdom of God to come, and we ask for his will to be done on earth as with God in heaven. That's our invitation to enter into relationship with him. May you know that and find that. May you experience that in your life, not just in this moment, but across the time of life with God 
together. God bless and keep you.